giving us this space, and thank you to Isaac for convening. Okay. Um, I thought maybe I would tell like a, a real quick story, and I don't mean to to go. I don't mean to go there, but it's just the only thing that I know how to do is go like really heavy. Um, I don't really function any other mode. It's like I guess like a cry for help. Hardcore baby. Yeah, but but listen to this story because I, I I happen to see this as a as a happy story and a really encouraging story. Um, we asked my we were all together before the Shabbos before Sukkot, my brothers and I, and we got to ask my dad. I think it's okay that I'm saying this story. It's not in my Sava's book, but we got to ask my dad. We said, Dad, does Sava have, have any Torah on uh, on Sukkot? Did Sava say anything? Any Dvar Torahs on, on Sukkot, anything to prepare. So he said the following story. Um, my Saba was, uh, was able-bodied and he was working in a work camp called Canada. And oh, in, in Canada, Auschwitz. in Auschwitz, yeah. So in Canada, um, their job, the job of the Jews there was to go ahead and they would sort. They would sort piles of, you know, gold fillings and piles of shoes and, and all this like human... You know, all the objects of all these people, like the objects that they left behind. And my Saba was working there, and my dad said to us that one time my Saba was, was, by, was by him for Sukkot. And my dad just, on a whim, and he had to, he had to be careful doing this around my Saba because he never knew what was going to happen. But on a whim, he asked, and I promise I'll be super quick. I really, like, we've heard what needs to be said, but this is just a nice, I think a nice thing. And I think, it's a, I think it helps me understand something from Binachim. Uh So hopefully it'll help you. Um, so my dad asked my Saba, he said, Saba, he said, Saba, he said, Dad, what was, uh, what was Sukkis like in Auschwitz? You know, did you guys have any idea? Did you guys have any idea that it was Sukkis? Do you have any clue, like, what time it was? Anything? So my Saba looked at him and said, actually, yes. And he told him the following story. He said that when he was working in Canada, When he was working in Canada, he said that the person working next to him was an Av Beistin from a local town uh, near Sigit, uh, near where he grew up. And, uh, and the Av Beistin had been keeping, the Av Beistin had been keeping a calendar, a surreptitious, you know, clandestine calendar, just the whole track of the days. And, you know, sometimes when it's, um, sometimes it's important, you know, we do sincere Sa'omer for, for to, just to keep track of time is a liberating thing. And to keep track of uh, to keep track of one's days itself is a liberating thing. So he said. He said he turned to my saba. Uh, so so he said he, he turned to to my saba. He said, "Surely, do you know that uh, another two days can be sukkis?" My saba said, "So what? So what? We can't do sukkis here. Look at us. We can't do sukkis." Says. Another two days we sukkis. We're going to make it happen. And uh, this Av Beistin took my Sabah, was all of 14 at the time. And he took him and he said, we have a plan. And uh, the plan was to risk their lives. Um, they had 15 minutes to eat. They had 15 minutes to eat. And he said, we're going to save up our bread for these two days before for sukkis. And, uh, and they went behind the mess hall for the officers that were watching. It was a little bit more relaxed in the work camp than it was in the, in the other places nearby. And they had a pile of wood that was used to heat the officers' quarters. Of course, you know, the Yidin that were in the lagers, they didn't have any heating. And, he, um, and what they did is they took, their, they took their bread, they ran behind, they knew that they were caught, that this is it. You know, that, 
that word comes up, that line comes up so much in these stories, and I don't think we internalize like what exactly means to risk one's life for a mitzvah, but they did. And they, um, they go behind and they made, they made like a hole in the, in the wood and they gathered over on top of them um, some branches from the smaller twigs and they have basins that repeat after me. And, uh, and they didn't know what they were doing at the time. You said, repeat after me, they eat the bread and they make the bracha leishev sukkah. So make this bracha leishev sukkah. The God has sanctified us in his commandments. To... So my father looks at my sava and he says, you know, how did you... This is ridiculous. That's like a little bit absurd, you know, like mitzvah uh, patem sukkah, right? If you're, you're a little bit uncomfortable, a little bit of rain, you know, your patem, your whole existence was tsar. Your whole existence was suffering, so why? So you're going to be patah from sukkah. So my saba looked at my father, and he said, he said at that moment, when we were underneath these, uh, in this hollowed out sukkah, in that moment, he said, he said, we were convinced that the Mashiach was going to come, and that the arrival of Mashiach would be right behind the officer's barracks in, uh, in Canada. He said, that's where Mashiach was going to come, and all the bad of the world, every tsar, every bad thing in the whole world was going to come in. We, I, he said, I believe, he said, I wish I could tell you. My Saba became like a more sophisticated adult, um, you know, with complexities in his faith. But he said, I believed with every fiber of my being that this was going to be, this was right here, right now, in this sukkah, that's where it was going to be. Right? That we were, that we were showing Hashem, we have Amunah, and Hashem was going to send the Shayach right there. It had to happen. So my dad asked my Sabi, said, so, um, so what happened by Shemini Atzeres when Mashiach didn't come? So my Sabi said, oh, you're asking the right question. He said, you know what happened? He said, Shemini Atzeres, we gathered our potato peels and we saved them. And we said, we're going to use the oil that we wring out from this to make Hanukkah lift. And when we send Hanukkah lift, then Mashiach will come. So that's how we, that's how we dealt with it, right? So... So, so my dad said, you know, like, what, what about, you know, what about these questions? You know, you were so, you had this ironclad faith, you had this amuna, you had this belief that wasn't materialized. So he says, he says, how could you go ahead and think about Hanukkah? How could you think about even the next day? My Sabbath said, it's a question I'll ask when I get up to Shamayim. He said, right now, the thing to do is to move on to Hanukkah. It didn't happen in Sukkot, let's move on to Hanukkah. So that was my Saba. That was my Saba's faith. That was, that, that was who he was. And the reason I'm saying this is because tonight is the Hilul of Rav Nachman. My Saba grew up Hasidic, not, not Breslov. But when he saw my brothers and I come back from Israel with Pais, he used to look at us and, you know, he would say, what do you need this for? What's, what's this, you know, what do you need Hasidus for? What do you need all this? And we were like kind of weirded out by it because he grew up with this. Wasn't he happy to see us coming back to those roots? And then I realized as I got a little bit older where he was coming from that a person hits a certain place with Amuna, that all these Hagdaras, Chassid, not a Chassid, Breslov, Satna, whatever it is, you know, a Tal, a Tal or, or, or the person that Tal is comforting, that it's actually, uh, that those designations are kind of irrelevant, that the, it all boils down to one, to one small thing, which is a big thing, and I'll say, and I'll finish with this, which is Amuna and Rabbi Nachman. Rabbi Nachman said to Rav Nassim, <laughs> Rabbi Nachman said a very cryptic line. He said, Eitzel Olam. And, and, and Rav Nassim says, he was closer on this. Shuv v'shuv. He would go over this again and again. He said, Eitzel Olam, by everybody, Emunah Yidavar Katan. Emunah is something very small. 
אבל אצלי, בבימי, אמונה היא דבר גדול. רק בלי חקירוס כלל. רק בלי חקירוס כלל, which is a famous thing, you know, it's not, let's not investigate it too much. It's not asked too many questions, let's just make Emunah into a big thing. And when I, when I learned this, this tiny, small piece, kind of stuff that I understand from Rinachman, to a small piece in, in Sichasran, and I think it, it's really crystallized by this story. The ability to go ahead and to say that this moment, this thing is going to happen. The willingness to be disappointed. The willingness to find one's faith crushed and then to have to build it up again. That's a big thing. If Amunah is very small, if it's all of Amunah, you're looking at Rabbi Nachman, you're like, what do you mean? Amunah, it's everything, right? Right? If you don't have Amunah, you know, like, then you're not Bikorah. Like, isn't that everything? So how can Rabbi Nachman say that by everybody else, it's a Dover Katan? I think Rabbi Nachman means is that, is that many people aren't willing to, to go ahead and put their Amunah to, to the test. Very few people are willing to go ahead and say to God, test me with this, test my faith. Right? And even David HaMelech fails with it. Right? Many of us fail with it. When you say the Amun is a Dover Katan, so you never put it to the test. You don't really think about it. You say, I'm a mamin. I believe. Right? You want to talk about tzaddikim? Okay, there's, as long as there's food there, I'll come. I'll be very happy for it, tzaddik silula. Right? We have, you could drink beer. It's, it'll be a very enjoyable moment. So that's an Amunah. That's Dover Katan. Right? It's no big deal. I'm a faithful Yid. But to get into the complications... To go and to say, that this could be the place the Mashiach comes, in, 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 in not Sailor Divinay Musa, in Sail Maves, to be able to say that that's Davar Gadol. So that's what I think the Rabbi Nachman was saying to Rabbi Nachman. That's why he had to review it again and again because he can't forget. You could, you could say once in your life, yeah, I was brought up in a religious home, I'm a religious Jew. I guess that means I'm a faithful person, I'm a man of faith, or a woman of faith. So that's Amunah Davar Katam, that's small Amunah. You know, capital Aleph Emuna, capital E Emuna, is to go ahead and to put that, that faith to the test. Not in some silly way, not to say, you know, the next person that comes around the bend, uh, the next animal that comes around the bend, I'll bring a sacrifice. Not that kind of Emuna, but an Emuna that says that I'm going to make this into a big thing. It's going to dominate every thought, it's going to dominate every waking moment, and I'm going to fall, and I'm going to rise up again, and I'm going to fall again. And then Amunah is going to be tested. It's going to go through different, you know, mutations. That's, I think, the Rabbi of Abelich Akira's Klal. That when it breaks down, you don't start going ahead and analyzing why did it break down. You say, it broke down, okay, time to build the Muna back up. To me, that's, um, to me, that it's like if you were to sum up Rabbi Nachman, if you were to sum up everything, there's so much to say, but this is such a... So here's a tzaddik that was willing to go ahead and show us Ma'amuna breaks, Ma'amuna gets back up. Like Rav Nassim says, that Rav Nassim would go through this, this, this particular avoda you know, hundreds of times a day. It's bewildering. You read it and you, and you, almost, you feel nauseous. You're like, how could anybody live with this? How, could, how did Rav Nassim not just collapse in, in a single moment from this kind of avoda? Falling, standing up again, falling, standing up again, building back up those pieces. How does that happen? So I think the way that happens, because Rav Nassim realized, even though he's Rav Nassim, there's, there's simple Jews, people like, uh, I guess, my Saba, I could take pride in that, I guess. People like that that are that are willing to go ahead and to do that work, and to and to go and to build afterwards. So, so on Sukkis this yard say Tarachman Yakim Lanu Sukkis David Hanofelas that David Amelech the Bachanuni Nabazer is built back up again. Right, this this 
this Leisheba Sukkah, the Sukkah of David Anaphalus, is, is Leisheba Shalva, that finally the Pakash Hashem will answer. So any, any of us who's looking to be Bishalva, who's looking to Leishev, just to be able to dwell in this world, and to be able to be at peace, hopefully Hashem answers you. And people like my Saba and that I've based in, who knows what happened to him, who knows if he was able to make it to the next Sukkot. But, um, but we should derive an immense amount of faith and strength and Amuna from these Sadiqim and to follow their example. And that's what I think believing in Sadiqim means. That's what I think, mean, believe, that's what I think it means to believe in Rabbi Nachman. Right? right? There was a Rabbi Nachman. That's a special thing. Right? I might, my faith in God might waver, but I, I sure as hell know that, that, that a, a Tzaddik named Nachman ben Vega walked around in Ukraine and, and, and preached this. And that it still rev- reverberates centuries, generations later. What a gift. What a miracle. So, so thank you for this. Thanks for, thanks for convening this. And... Uh, and and Amir Tzashem, not just our own personal sukkahs that are fallen should be brought up, but the sukkahs David, the Beis Hamikdash, should also be built up. Arachma Yakim, the sukkahs David, the Chaim, the Chaim. Chaim, good.